Welcome to the Men of Iron podcast, changing a culture one man at a time. At Men of Iron, we equip men and grow godly leaders through creating and sustaining one-to-one and micro-group mentorships. Go to menofiron.org for more info. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Men of Iron podcast. It's Steve and Justin live from Mannheim, PA. J-Dub, what's going on, man? Well, uh, as you say, the, those words cut a little deep today. I feel like we should tell the listeners that you moved away from your home and away from your heart and away from me man, this past weekend. Man, it's still it's still a little raw. I did recently, my wife and I and daughter, we moved to Mannheim from Willow Street, which is Justin's hometown. It's only 30 minutes apart, but... It feels like forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Episode 34 is brought to you by Penstro Leasing for all your trailer lease and rental needs. For more info, go to trailerrentalpa.com we are excited for ben dobbin speck our special guest today ben was born and raised in Reading, pa he is married to his wife jada for two years since december of 2018 they've been serving as missionaries in cusco peru ben is a christ follower a husband and he is passionate about living out the great commission to go and make disciples ben welcome to the podcast thank you good morning to you guys what's going on man doing well doing well All's well here in Cusco, Peru, a little rainy day, a little cold, but we're doing well. Hey, that sounds like Pennsylvania right there. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and Ben just woke up. Should we call him out? Yeah. He just uh, rolled out of bed for this. <laughs> I was going to say, he's just wearing, he's wearing glasses to look smart. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Glasses uh, buttoned down, but pajama pants on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Ben, just tell the listeners just a little bit more about yourself. Um, yeah, well, like uh, Steve said, I'm born and raised in Reading, PA. Uh, just moved down to Cusco um, five months ago. My wife and I have been married for two years now civilly um, through the court. And in December of 2019, uh, 2018, sorry, we had our uh, spiritual wedding here in Cusco, Peru. Uh, we had about 20 family and friends come down and celebrate with us. Um, and all of my wife's family, who's originally from Peru, uh, come and celebrate with mm. us. That's so awesome. Yeah. Very cool, man. Well, we're going to hit you, before we get into the meat of the podcast, we're going to hit you with take five. Just five fun questions, kind of like an icebreaker. Are you ready for it? Sure. All right, man. Here we go. Take five, question number one. What is the greatest and hardest thing about being a missionary? Uh, greatest and hardest thing. Um the greatest thing is learning how to love a people that um, sometimes are, well, most of the time are very different than the people that I'm used to back in the States. Um, totally different culture. Um, so getting to learn to love them has been an amazing challenge and a, a really incredible thing that I got to really feel God's heart on uh, to love all people. Hmm. And the hardest thing is definitely being away from family and friends mm-hmm. miss everybody back home a lot mm-hmm. awesome all right take five question number two in your downtime what do you and jada enjoy doing in cusco on our downtime well for the last four months we haven't had too much downtime <laughs> yeah. uh, but in that downtime we've been turning working on turning our house into a home um, we were blessed with this amazing home uh, part of a building connected to her aunt's house so it wasn't 
it hasn't been lived in for over a decade. Wow. And so we're working on rehabbing it, turning it back into a home. And so we've made a lot of progress, but that's that's been our downtime for the last couple of months. Very cool. So his downtime is just, he just keeps working. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, question number three is, what what is a song or album you've had on repeat lately? A song or album? Um, I've been playing a lot of um, Phil Wickham's Living Hope. Mm. Um, I don't know if you heard that album, but yeah, awesome album. album. Yeah, playing that one on repeat. Very cool. All right, question number four for take five is: What is one of your favorite childhood memories? Favorite childhood memories. Um, when I was twelve, I got the chance to go through people to people student ambassadors to the United Kingdom and um, Ireland for twenty-one days. So that was a pretty awesome trip. Very cool. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Final question is, so you're recently married. You said two years civilly. What is the best part about being married? You got to keep this PG too, man. <laughs> <laughs> best part about being married. Um, being able to spend every day with my best friend. Um, we've been dating now for 10 years. Wow. And so, wow. We, we started dating when we were in high school, and so throughout high school, college, um, a lot of things pulled us apart, um, where we weren't only able to spend like maybe a couple days a week together over the weekend, but now being married, being here in Cusco, uh, we're spending every day together, which is awesome. It's an amazing blessing. That's awesome, man. Well, that was it. You survived. Take five. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. No, we're just kidding. Uh, well, I had I had the uh, the honor and privilege of uh, capturing Ben's testimony for Men of Iron Strong Twenty Seven. What was that about a year a year ago? I'm not even sure when we filmed. So I got to hear. So I got to hear, um, and you know, some people on social media as well. If you've seen his testimony, got to hear his story. But we'd love, especially for the people that haven't seen it, we'd love to kind of hear that story, your personal faith journey, and how you came to know the Lord. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, well. I started, I believe, in my testimony of sharing about, you know, growing up in the church, but just really being a, a cultural habit of my family, just going through the motions, um, never really believed in God. Uh, once I got quote unquote confirmed in the um, that's when I stopped going to church. I fulfilled my duty, left, left that responsibility behind, uh, didn't go back to church, um, and just started living life on my own, you know, doing what I wanted, how I wanted. And, um, as I grew up, I started to have some type of resentment towards Christians would always debate and argue with my parents that still believed. Um, and when I went through high school, I had a couple bad falling outs, um, with my girlfriend with Haida at the time and had, uh, made some really bad decisions got in with wrong crowds, started using drugs, uh, partying all the time, uh, constantly drinking, constantly smoking weed, uh, taking pills, just down a, a spiral um, into that uh, lifestyle of drugs and partying in college. And it took a lot out of me. It took a lot out of my relationships. Um, I started selling weed um, so I could afford these habits. Hmm. And... Um, and selling other stuff too, but um, all behind the back of my girlfriend at the time. She had no clue. Um, she uh, 
she knew that I was using, um, but she didn't know that I was selling and at the, the level that I was. So she had found out one day uh, through a slip up of a friend on Twitter um, and she flipped out, broke up with me and that sent me into a deeper downward spiral. And um, one night while I was high, I had, uh, I had gotten to this place in my heart where I was so angry at myself. I had a lot of self-hatred. Um, my life was chaos and I just felt lost, completely, completely lost. And in that moment of complete despair, I had felt, um, I didn't know what it was at the time. I was kind of out of my mind, so I really wasn't sure what was going on, but I felt um, this sense of uh, forgiveness and mercy hmm. that, that I could only connect with Jesus uh, the next day. Um, I just knew that I had some type of experience with Jesus, and I didn't believe in Jesus. I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe in anything. Well, I, I believed in a lot of crazy stuff. I believed in a, a mixture of all types of different religions, just, you know, doing a type of buffet religion, picking mm -hmm. what I wanted, where I wanted. And, um, yeah, so I had that experience with him. And the next day, I was so full of joy and full of hope. Um, I, I had no idea what happened, but I knew that I was different. And um, from that point on, I started to become more and more interested in uh, Jesus and pursuing him in the word um, and being more open to having conversations with people um, because there were Christians in my life that were speaking uh, truth into my life. And I'm so grateful for them that they were lovingly and patient enough to uh, share the gospel with me and um, as much as I was able to receive at that time. Hmm. Over the course of two years, uh, two, three years, brought me and my wife to the point where we were, we were looking for God. We, we sat down uh, one day with our, our business team and we did a, a different exercise to see where we were at in the different areas of life, spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, financially. And we saw that in the spiritual category, we had nothing, just nothing at all. And so she was raised in the Catholic tradition. So she, she had that understanding of Jesus as well, but never, never really believed either. Hmm. And so we realized we had to go through something in the church. We got to go find a church, right? That's what we were, we were seeking. Um, and that brought us back to the place um, that I think it was the next week, her boss at the time invited her to church at uh, the IMAX movie theater in Reading. Hmm. And I heard that, what? At an IMAX theater? And uh, it transformed church um, in Reading, PA, had just moved to the IMAX theater. And that IMAX theater is the same IMAX theater that my wife and I met at 10 years ago when we were working there together. Wow. And um, so we went in there and we just felt at home. Uh, we felt the presence of God. We hmm. both uh, gave our lives to Jesus that morning wow. and um, haven't looked back. Wow. Man, that's a phenomenal story. <clears throat> having, uh, having, like I said, filmed your story for, for Strong 27, I had heard it before, but it never gets old. It's mm -hmm. just incredible to hear, man. It's powerful. And it's, it's awesome to see what God's, what God's doing in your life now, especially, and how he's using you. And we'd love to kind of, kind of get into that and what you, and I, I, I apologize. I call it, I said Jada, it's Haida. 
Hide it, yeah, yeah, that's okay. It's a common mistake. <laughs> so just, uh, we'd love to kind of hear more about what you and Heidi are doing in uh, Cusco, Peru. What drew you guys there um, and what you guys are up to and kind of what your future plans are down there. Yeah, sure. We, um, we were in a prayer and worship meeting um, in October of 2017. And during that uh, prayer and worship meeting, I heard God tell me uh, very clearly to take a one-way trip. And I asked him a one-way trip to where? And he said to the wedding. Because uh, we were preparing to, for the wedding uh, in December of 2018 for the last uh, two years since we got married civilly. And so I heard him say that and I was stunned. I was just overwhelmed. And I asked him, um, if that's really from you and that's what you want, uh, I need you to confirm that through my wife. Because to convince her to uh, move back down to Peru um, after her family sacrificed everything to move to the States when she was 11 years old would be a, a really hard task. Hmm. Um, so I didn't say anything to her about it. I thought maybe in a month or uh, next year I might hear something back. And that same night, an hour later, she came to me and told me that she heard the exact same thing that I just told you, wow. uh, she heard uh, in her own home. Wow. And, and yeah, so my jaw just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was wow. blown away. And, um, and I told her that I heard the same thing and uh, that I asked for confirmation and that she just gave it. And so from that moment, we were like, all right, we're, I guess we're moving to Peru. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's really no denying that, is there? Wow. Yeah, I can't get away from it. <laughs> I mean, did, did you guys talk through like, okay, we heard that from the Lord, but what in the world, like, what was your response to that? Like, obviously hearing clearly from the Lord is a special moment. doesn't always mm -hmm. tend to erase all doubts and, and questions that we have. What would you get? What was that conversation like after that? Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, it wasn't an easy conversation. You know, we, um, just to be honest with you guys, we have about $80,000 in debt back in the States. And so we know the type of economy of Peru. We know that um, we would not be able to make even close to what we were making back in the States um, to still be responsible and taking care of our debt. So um, that was one of the, the big things that we talked about. We talked about with our pastors. We talked about with um, uh, the director of missions at Dove International and trying to uh, really talk this thing out you know it was a conversation that that took a couple of weeks um you know we thank god for our pastors craig and tracy nana that you know uh, honored that uh calling that we had and and were um wise enough and and willing to send us um to cusco which is a special place in their hearts because they were actually came uh from cusco and peru they were in the mission field in peru as well wow for six months yeah in lima and uh, so it was a special place in their heart, and we believe that what they started um, when they came down here is what we're picking up and we're running with now. Um, so yeah, it was a, it was a tough conversation, but um, we it was so clear that there was no way of getting around it. You know, there's so many things logically that just didn't make sense for us to come here, um, and even still, you know, we talk about it, and the only thing that's keeping us here in Peru is God's calling to be here because. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we're not, we're not seeing any other, uh, <laughs> clear pros <laughs> in this area <laughs> outside of being back in the States. 
And by the way, how's your Spanish? Um, it's it's okay. Um, I still haven't taken a placement test yet. I want to <laughs> I want to go back and study a little bit more. I think I'm probably at like an advanced level. Um, it's functional. You know what yeah. I mean? It's 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 not exactly grammatically correct, but it, it works. People <laughs> understand for the most part. Have you have have you had any slip ups with your uh, language down there, saying the wrong word or the wrong thing? <laughs> I, I have actually, yeah. It's 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 weird in um, in Cusco where we're at now. There's um, this word conchudo, which means like um, kind of like fresh, like doing something uh, doing something that probably they're trying to just get the better of somebody. Um, so I use that word in the context with a dog who was trying to be fresh. He was trying to get some of my lunch. <laughs> And um, my coworker, who, who has a, a desk next to me, she um, she like t- was taken aback. She was like, "What? Would you just call him?" <laughs> so it's it's unacceptable for where she was from in Peru is uh, called Trujillo, and it's in the northern part of Peru. We're in the in the cent- central part, and for her, that is like a curse word. Like you wow. don't say that. Um, you never use that unless somebody. Typically, it's typically with a man. Um, maybe with being with another woman, they use that in that context. And so it's, it's very negative, bad connotation. And I used it for a dog and she was taken aback. <laughs> the dog did what to you? Oh uh, yeah. Things got, <laughs> things got weird very quickly. It got weird. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'd love to hear kind of your present goals right now in Cusco, what you guys are up to, what you're working on and kind of future goals as well. Sure. Yeah. We, um, we're currently working on, um, uh, a, a big event coming up in June. Uh, it's called One Nation One Day. Um, this was a movement that had started in Honduras, if I'm not mistaken, and then it went to Nicaragua and Dominican Republic. So Peru is going to be the fourth uh, country that they uh, launched this this movement in. Um, and so for a week in June, the last week of June, there's going to be outreaches to Uh, All across the nation, 5,000 missionaries are going to be coming down to Peru from around the world, connecting with 5,000 volunteers from Peru to bring the gospel to people, to have medical campaigns, um, drill wells, uh, do all types of different humanitarian efforts, and uh, have stadium events where the gospel is preached and people are getting connected to the local churches here in Peru. Um, Really this great harvest that... um, this idea, can a nation be saved in a day? Mm. So uh, I heard about this back in the States. I went to the Supernatural Life Conference um, at um, Life Church in Harrisburg in September. And I met a missionary there who started sharing with my wife and I about this uh, One Nation, One Day. And she had no idea about our story. She had no idea in three months we were getting ready to move to Peru. And she told us that it's going to be in Peru wow. this next this, this year, this summer. So uh, we were just blown away by that. We were like, well, we got we to gotta be a part of that. We got to serve in that, in that function. And so I reached out to the lady um, in Lima, in the capital, where they're coordinating everything. And she sent me the contact for Cusco. And funny enough, it is the pastor of the church that we plugged into here in Cusco. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. Uh, that's so, wild. Yeah, it's nuts. So, uh, you know, I reached out to him the next Sunday, uh, talked to him about it, and f- come to find out that they have a big need for translators. 
Because hmm. with those 5,000 missionaries coming down, they need people to translate from English to Spanish, English to Quechua, um, which is one of the native languages that they speak here in Peru. And so I happen to uh, be the national director of an uh, English institute. And so um, I'm coordinating right now. One of my goals is to get about 50 volunteers to translate for this week um, in June to be able to be that uh, intermediary for those uh, missionaries uh, and all the people for a medical campaign that's going to be held in a football stadium here in Cusco. So are you looking for more volunteers? Is that what you're saying? You need more translators? Anyone from from Lancaster want to fly down and join the the movement? (laughs) Yeah, you guys. Or Reading. Or Reading. Or Reading, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. We could definitely use as much help as we can get. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. And that's in June, you said? Yeah, that's in June. Now, long, long term, what do you guys, what, do, what would you guys love to accomplish and how long do you see yourselves in Cusco? Yeah, my wife has had this dream um, since she was six years old to start a foundation here in Cusco. Uh, she was born in Cusco. Uh, till she was three, and then she moved with her family to Arequipa, a uh, uh, town more south of Cusco. And so she saw the type of poverty. She saw the, the conditions that the kids specifically were living in here in Cusco. And so she had this dream to start a foundation to help them, uh, give them a place to, to eat, give them a place to sleep, uh, give them a school to learn in. Um, these are some of the types of services that aren't necessarily available to all kids here in uh, Cusco. And so um, we have this vision to start that foundation. Um, we, we had talked about it prior in our relationship because since I knew her, she was always sharing this with me. And so it's kind of our dream now. And um, we thought, well, maybe when we're retired and we're rich, we can come down and, and do that. <laughs> we felt like the Lord was saying with his this year that uh, no, it's going to happen a lot sooner and it's not going to happen um, because we're rich, but it's going to happen because he's rich mm. and because Amen. he provide and do all those things uh, that he's placed in our hearts. So uh, we're starting to uh, reach out to some people that are doing something similar here in Cusco uh, to get to learn from them and, and see how, how they've started and, and what the whole process looks like because we don't really have much of an idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, what I, what's what's it like the culture of faith in Peru, uh, particularly in Cusco, and even if you can compare it to what you're familiar with here in the states and where you're coming from, um, I mean, is there more more hunger, more openness? Is God's movement look differently, and, and any of those elements? And then and then why do you think that is? The environment here in Cusco. Um... Well, in Peru, as a nation, uh, it is a Catholic nation um, by uh, law. Like that is that is how they are recognized. Um, where I think it's around eighty percent Catholic. So here in Cusco, it's I think it's similar to the rest of Peru, but in a lot of ways, the the Catholic tradition has mixed with the local religions that were here prior to the Spanish arriving, um, and kind of based off of survival, you know, they, they mixed their religion in with the Christian faith um, so that they could still worship, um, you know, they worship the mountains, they worship the sun, they hmm. worship a lot of nature and um, still have a lot of uh, that 
type of worship in the traditions that I've seen in the different cathedrals and the different churches that I, I have been in. Um, so it's kind of this synchronistic uh, mixing uh, that has happened. And so there's still a lot of idol worship, um, worship of saints, prayer to saints, um, those types of things. Uh, to Mary, a lot of stuff to Mary. Uh, there's different shrines of her all over the city, you'll see. Um, so there's a lot of that expression. Um, on, on the evangelistic side, uh, we went to a couple different churches just to, just to visit and um, get to hear people's hearts and what they're doing here in Cusco. And so, ciao, Amor. Uh, my wife's just leaving for work. Should, so, we, um, should we get her on the podcast to say hi? <laughs> she just left. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, in that way, I can see that there's, there's a, a, a hunger, uh, especially in the, the younger generation, there's, there's a hunger um, for um, more than just religion. Like, like people, are, people are tired of it. You know, a lot of people are Catholic because they were raised Catholic. But there's there there's not really a conviction there, and they're open about that. Like they're clear that there's just no conviction. It's just you know how they were raised, um, but that they are interested, they are open, um, and they are looking for something um, more than just you know going through some type of ritual or some motion like that. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's what you guys are doing down down there. That there's definitely a need for. Um, for missionaries and especially I think this, you know, what would you call the thing in June? It's one, one day, one nation, one nation, one day. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be an awesome opportunity for the gospel, um, the true gospel to be presented to the people of Peru. So we're, we're excited to hear how that goes and, and how you yeah. guys are involved moving forward th with that. We'd love to um, just kind of hear your perspective in, you know, as a missionary, you always, you always think about international. You think about traveling halfway around the globe to, to take the gospel to people who may, who may have never heard it, but what uh, what kind of call to action for guys listening to the podcast, just locally, whether it's their next door neighbor or their town or or their county, what kind of call to action would you give to guys listening to this podcast to just go out and make disciples in your hometown? For me, it's been um, it's been challenging in the aspect of having this this type of expectation as a quote unquote missionary in another country. Um, but what I've noticed is that the majority of the missionary work that I've done has been in my workplace. Hmm. Um, like I said, I'm a national director, so I have a team of people. I have my supervisors. So um, I've had just incredible conversations with people that are um, not at all church. They never been to church. They, um, don't really have a grid for Jesus and to be able to share with them about his love and his grace, um, just in regular conversations, uh, people know I, I shared my story and my testimony and people know why I'm there. And so I'm, I'm able to create that conversation in a, in a place that isn't, um, among a, a church people, it's completely uh, organic and natural relationships. And just a call to action would be that in the, natural organic relationships that we have in our workplaces um in the grocery stores wherever it is that we go we're we're sent ones we're called to go out and to share the gospel with people you know that can look like praying for somebody that's sick that can look like just asking somebody you know what, 
What is your spiritual background? Um, just creating that space for conversation um, that people can have a spiritual experience with Jesus just through you being where you're at, who you are. And um, it's that powerful that you don't need to go to another country to be a missionary, that you can go to the grocery store and be a missionary. Mm, that's so good. Love it. What have you learned about yourself, Ben, and, and uh, your relationship with the Lord by stepping out of your comfort zone and, and moving to Peru? Uh, learn a lot. Uh, I feel like I've, I've been stretched a lot in this, uh, in this period of time. Um, being in an amazing church family like Transform Church is such a blessing. Uh, I was able to grow, um, just be covered, and it's just been amazing. And they've still... Um, you know, still covering us in prayer, still reaching out to us and, and loving on us. And we so appreciate that. But one of the things that has been very different is that um, instead of having a fire that's already burning um, uh, and, and tending to one that's already burning, it's been, um, it's been amazing to see how God's called us into a deeper relationship with him, that we would have uh we would be able to start uh, uh, and keep a fire growing here um, where it's not currently being tended and it's not um, something that is, is being carefully watched over. So it's, it's been challenging, but it's, it's been stretching us to grow. And um, I'm learning how much uh, God loves uh, people despite mm -hmm. the challenging aspects of the culture. Um, we, we're, uh, we're coming into a place where um, people don't say excuse me, they don't say thank you, um, just like just basic courtesies <laughs> mm -hmm. we're so used to in the States, um, and come here and you just get pushed out the way and it's like, it's okay. Um, uh, <laughs> so there's a lot of different challenging aspects of the culture that um, God has. Oh, we're, we're still here. We're still light, here. Light went out. I guess we weren't moving enough, and the light sensor ah. figured that we died or something. So you were t you were saying that you get in a fight club on the street, uh, trying to get to the yeah. store. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Peru is toughening Ben up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Learn some judo. <laughs> That's awesome, Ben. Well, man, it's been an honor to have you on. You know, as we close out, um, you being a, a man of Iron Strong 27 protege, we kind of, we'd love to hear you just tell us about the men in your life who have helped you become, you know, the man, the Christ follower, the husband you are today. Yeah. Definitely um, my pastor, Craig. Um, he has been instrumental. You know, he, he took me in. He, he discipled me. Um, taught me how to read the Bible, taught me how to pray. Um, and so I'm, I'm super grateful for him. I've had a number of men that have spoken truth into my life. Um, I think of Tim Hogan, who was helping me uh, teach tennis for a time, and he would just share Christ with me um, and challenge some of the things that I was believing in at the time. My uncle, who did the same, he was my uncle and my mechanic, so uh, I would have to go see him uh, a decent amount of time, and um, he would always share the gospel with me, awesome. and uh, I would sometimes argue with him, and we would get into debates, but um, <laughs> it was good, you know, he would he would just share the truth with me out of love, and um, yeah, there's uh, a couple coaches that come to mind, you know, I, I come from sports background, so, you know, in, in sports, there's a lot of disciplines, a lot of character that is built. Um, I played tennis in college, so my tennis coach, um, Larry Zerby, was a big mentor for me. Um, 
I, I came into college tennis with not knowing very much uh, about how to play. And I played against kids that have been playing since they were young. So uh, I, I was really bad compared to them. And so I was challenged a lot. I would always throw fits and get angry. Uh, so I learned a lot of patience. I learned a lot of self-control um, in that time. And he helped me walk through a lot of those things. So a lot of coaches um, that have helped me along the way. That's awesome, man. How can uh, how can our listeners and viewers, how can they find out more about what you guys are doing? How can they stay connected? Even you know, if listeners out there want to give to to you and Haida and your work in Peru. Yeah, we have a, a Facebook page. Is probably the best way to get in touch with us. Um, it, it's called Transform Cusco. So you just search that in uh, Facebook. Our, our page will come up. Awesome. Um, there's a page there to, to donate. There's a page there for our email if you want to get in touch. Um, or just a direct message would work as well. Awesome. We'll make sure that link gets on, on the podcast as well so people can check it out. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah, Ben. It's, uh, it's been an honor, man, to have you on. We're excited to, to see what you guys are going to do in the future down there. And I think you're going you're gonna to change a culture, man. I love it. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. I'm really honored to be on the podcast. Um, I've been so blessed by by your your, your team's ministry um, and Men of Iron, um, not just down there with uh, the the program that we ran for a year, but also with um, the podcast and everything, everything you guys put out. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Awesome, Thanks, Ben. Well, hang on just for a second. We're going to close out and then we'll, we'll chat a little bit off air. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you to Ben, man. That was that was a good show. Yeah, what do you think? Good stuff, man. Should we fly down there for yeah, for mean, one day, one nation? Yeah, I, I don't know how great we'll be for translating, but we'll <laughs> we could get into some fights. Oh man, yeah, <laughs> we should get, get some elbows on the streets. There you go. Thank you to our sponsor today, Penstro Leasing. For more info on the Men of Iron podcast, go to menofiron.org/podcast. You can find us on all the streaming platforms. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and the video version on Facebook and YouTube. That's it, episode 34. Thanks for listening. A wrap. <laughs>